Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Divi Chat. Each week, some of the brightest Divi minds from all around the world get together to share their knowledge and expertise of running businesses and developing websites with WordPress and Divi. Tonight, you'll be listening to episode 30. We'll be talking about expanding Divi with CSS. Let's start chatting, but before we do, let's meet our esteemed panel. Let's start with Tim. I'm first this week. That's awesome. Normally, I'm last because uh, going going off going off off the routine. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, everybody! I'm Tim Streifler, and I'm broadcasting from Austin, Texas, USA. And you can find me at timstreifler.com and divilife.com. Hey, Sarah. Sarah, you have to unmute, hun. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Sarah from Into Your Web Studios, and today I've got it all going on. You've got to forgive me, it's 8.30 in the morning, so I didn't get my little bar across the bottom and, you know, all that good stuff, but I'm here. So Sarah from Into Your Web Studios, come see me at endure.com.au. And Leslie? Hi, I'm Leslie Burnell of A Girl in Her Mac, and um, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter um, at A Girl in Her Mac. And last but of course not least, Gino. Hello, everyone. Gino Kidos here, founder and director of Monterey Premier and Kidos.co. Follow me on Twitter at G E N O Q. And I'm Shannon Schaefer with uh, Divi Space and Purple Finch Studios, and tonight I'm filling in for the wonderful David Blackman of Studios, who virgin, is that? Virgin, virgin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's my first time, guys, so go easy. Um, so, so tonight we're going to be talking about um, expanding the functionality of Divi with CSS, and I think we'll we'll start out with, um, uh, you know, a lot of people are afraid of, of the word CSS. I think there's even people that have blogs that say no to using it. So I think to start out, let's just quick... Somebody just want to throw out for anybody who's out there listening who just like, what, what's CSS? You know, so um, anybody want to jump on that first before we kind of branch out into how we use it in our daily Divi lives? I'll take a whack at it. So uh, CSS stands for Cascading Style Sheets, and it's basically the styling, the, the, the look of a web page. So uh, if you think of, you know, the very first web pages that were just, plain black and white HTML. That was before CSS came to be. Um, and so a CSS document basically allows you to add all the colors and the positioning of all the elements on the page. Divi, of course, lets you do 95% of the styling with all the built-in controls. And then what we'll be talking about today is kind of getting that last, uh, did I say 90 or 95? <laughs> Five or 10% uh, using custom CSS. And, Feel free to add to that, guys, if you have anything else to add on, on that. <laughs> no, I think that describes it well. Um, you know, CSS, uh, you know, is probably one of the, out of all the different, you know, things you're going to learn regarding code and HTML and JavaScript and PHP, uh, I found CSS to be a great entry point into the world of development and coding. And so, uh, the great thing about page builders, uh, I'm actually preparing for a presentation on page builders at our Monterey uh, Meetup, WordPress Meetup tonight. And so it's kind of all fresh in my mind, like uh, how, how page builders, you know, the whole selling point for Divi is no coding required. And it's absolutely true. You really don't need any, any CSS or any knowledge of HTML or PHP to build a nice site. Um, but 
one of the benefits and one of my favorite things about Divi is you absolutely can, and you can go above and beyond what comes with Divi and take your site to another level if you look, begin to learn a little CSS. Um, and then, you know, you can jump into a little PHP and HTML and whatnot, but uh, since CSS is really uh, just a matter of uh, styling and you're not really kind of creating any programs or functions necessarily, it's a great entry point into the world of coding. But yeah, I think Tim nailed it. It's, it's a great way to keep, actually the whole point of, of CSS was to, before in the old days, the, 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 the style and design was in the HTML, in the code, and they wanted a way to keep it completely separate and in one place. So you can change all the style and design in one place instead of having to open up each HTML page that you created. This is back in the days before WordPress and stuff. So that's kind of how it all came along is to organize style. And uh, I, I still use it for that personally. So in a Divi language, it would be a little bit like how you can individually customize like the modules, but then the CSS style sheet is like when you have a global item. And so then you just change the global item and it like changes that styling across all of the different items. That's kind of like the Divi language of what CSS <laughs> does and how it works. Brilliant. Well, and that's kind of the main the advantage to, um, you know, a lot of us who, who do more of like maybe sell the child themes or do more uh, developer type work. Um, probably tend to use the style sheet because of that. It's convenient to have to change something in one spot as long as on the modules have their classes or IDs I signed um, than to go into every page into the module. And it's kind of a pain in the ass if you have to do it that way. Um, but uh, that is one way to do it though as well. Yeah, and I haven't played with um, like Divi's changed a lot in terms of where things are located in their things. Yeah. So I haven't played with that a lot. I was yet. learning today. I was like, you got to go all the way to the bottom. <laughs> yes. It's a big change, but I'm hoping that what they've done through that is they're going to allow global items to do more of what I tend to use CSS for. So I tend to use CSS for things like I will just make all the items have the same, um, like, what's it called um code name um my brain's not thinking um line height class. <laughs> class. Class. my brain is seriously <laughs> not functioning class okay so i'll tend to give like all the same class right and then i'll style it in my custom style sheet but i think probably what's happening with the rearranging of all of the modules is perhaps we're going to be able to do more of that with global items so i I, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I know previously when you tried to use a global item, it then you couldn't use it correctly with all the styling because some of the text was in the wrong place. And so I think they've rearranged stuff so that that's going to be easier for people who don't want to learn CSS. But what I tend to use CSS for is that, that I, I will tend to just give all of the same items the same class and then I'll go do everything in the style sheet. I think that's, Sarah, touching on you know what you use i think it would be really good for for some of the listeners to kind of talk about some of the you know in all of your your custom builds what do you use mainly the css for are you you know what are the the modules that you you find yourself using over and over or the you know what features are you adding or changing so if somebody's just starting like how can they like jump in and and start using it just just as a standard i mean i know for our sites we have you know, again, going back to having the library, we have a style sheet that we start with that fixes some of the things that are our signature things. So 
um, you know, for example, we use it for the menu and, and the footer. So what are the, the, some of the common items that you guys find yourself using um, CSS for almost every build? I would uh, say buttons would be like one of the first things because the customizer, when you change buttons in the customizer, it doesn't always work properly. I don't know if you guys have found that, but when I've tried to customize buttons in the customizer, it just doesn't work across the site. So that is probably every single site, no matter what, I will always change the buttons. Um, so they're basically in CSS, the kind of things you can change um, is you can change the border, you can change the background color, you can change the text color, you can change the roundness of the edges, which is called border radius. You can change the letter spacing, so how wide apart the letters are, you can change the line height, you can change the padding around, so if you're wanting a big space around your text, then you give it bigger padding. If you're wanting space around the actual button to the rest of the things, then you give it more margin. And over time, every element that you change with CSS, they're the same repetitive things over and over again. Margin, padding, spacing, letter spacing, line height. Like it's the same things over and over again. And once you do it with one element, you'll find that you can almost copy and paste and then just alter the bits and pieces as you go through things and you start to learn what things you need to add each time. But I, I often start with buttons and buttons would be a really fun one for people to start playing around with probably. For me, um, I do, D Divi doesn't really have a lot of uh, controls for hover effects. Um, you know, they have some stuff like button hovers and, and so forth, but what's becoming really popular with web design is, is um, you know, micro interactions and, and you know, some simple, uh, really clean looking hover effects you see in a lot of like newer Divi child themes coming out. And so those are things that, that can't typically be, be done with the Divi controls, and so I use, CSS a lot for that, and then the second thing would be fine-tuning um, the the mobile and, and tablet settings. Um, you can do, I feel like the, the Divi uh, responsive uh, design settings gets you like, I don't know, 80 to 90 percent there, and then I'll fine-tune it with custom CSS media queries, um, and they also only give you in Divi you know, t tablet and mobile and desktop, and so sometimes you need to tweak something at different sizes mm -hmm. in between those. And so those are the things that I find myself most commonly using custom CSS for. Yeah, th that's the same with me. Honestly, I, I could probably get away with not needing any external CSS if it wasn't for the media queries, because you can't put those in the modules. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but uh, you know, 1024 landscape is such a bitch. Like, I, I have to have a media query for that almost on every site. Um, because Divi, um, well, I don't know if it's Divi, uh, but it, it treats it like a small laptop. So, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. You guys probably know what I mean. But um, there's just always this, this one size in landscape that I have to pay special attention to. And I, I don't know how I would be able to do that, really, in just the modules, if, unless they plan to start adding some sort of media query compatibility, um, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. It's like before tablet, right? So it's like in between desktop and tablet. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that that size that's just like, God, nobody used that damn size. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like an 11-inch 11, 11 laptop? Yeah. It might be like teenage. It's one of the common sizes. Yeah, okay. Adam it. Hi, Adam. Hey guys, how you doing? Adam, why don't you uh, introduce everyone? Introduce yourself to everyone. 
Hey, I'm Adam. I'm in Pittsburgh and I was lost for a while. I apologize. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> so we were just talking about common elements that you uh, find yourself using over and over again um, with CSS. How about you, Gino? Any, any input there? Well, uh, I think you guys, well, just to, here's my disclaimer. We use CSS for everything. Um, so we do have a standard template, but for our builds, our custom builds, um, we don't use the settings or anything like that. Um, we have everything in a style sheet, and we have tons of, of pre-made um, modules, rows and sections. For example, we have a module that you know has a class of pre-header, then we got the header, then we got the subheader, then we got the underline, then we got the text. And each one of those has their own class. And we have the CSS in the section that says standard text, and we have a section for that. So we can pull those into a project and update them for the website all in like one place instead of having to update the modules individually for each project. Um, and so we're kind of going back to using CSS for what it was intended to have all your style and design in one place. Uh, we found that uh, it's, it's great to be able to import and export pre-made modules and, and templates and layouts. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have to adjust colors. You're still going to have to adjust font. You're still going to have to move around padding. And uh, it just it's too time consuming to try to move to do that to all the modules, even on just one page. So we, we were building up our library where the only thing we're really doing is adding a custom class to each module row and setting. And we have some standard uh, uh, class terminology that we use for each class. So it's, it can be pretty much used on any website. It's not specific to a site. Uh, we kind of have names for all our sections. It's the contact uh, section or the 50-50 or the 30-70 section. And so we have all these standard uh, um, sort of names. And if we do need to do something unique in a particular section to like say we have blurbs used in three different places, but each one styled differently, um, that way we just use the section class, then the blur, the standard blurb class that we use. Um, and so that way we're only targeting the blurbs in that section versus all of them. And so we found that keeping everything in there. So yeah, we do have our standard stuff. We have all our um, buttons. We do buttons because you're right, sir. The buttons never work right the way we want them. Uh, we have all our underlines, all our under. So we've set up all our uh, dividers. If we add a class to the divider, we can turn it into a fancy underline that's only so so far wide with one color. And so we have all those already in there, all our mobile stuff, our mobile menu buttons. We use a mobile menu button for every build. We don't use the standard hamburger, and we do modifications to that. And then, of course, all the animations, like Tim was saying, we have a bunch of defaults. So all we have to do is if we want sort of that micro animation hover where it slightly rises up with a little bit of shadow, um, we have a standard class for that. So we can add that in a row section module, and it's automatically applied. Um, so we've kind of learned all these shortcuts over the years. And um, yeah, the only time we use settings is when a client specifically requires it because they want to go in there and only use the settings in the visual editor. And of course, we charge more because it takes more time. So that adds an extra 10, 5 to 10 hours to the build. Hey, can I ask you a silly question there, Gino? Um, well, I don't know if it's a silly question, but I've always wondered, can you put multiple classes in a module? Yep. So like say you want to like give your normal class and you want to give it a hover. Do you, yep. what do you do to separate that? Do you do a comma just, or like a just a, just a space. 
Justice oh, space. how funny. I think I've tried it with commas and gone, oh, it must not work. Yeah, you know, no, I've known that have. and I never yeah. use more than one. I just forget that you yeah. can do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good tip for the day. That's yeah, yeah. Like, say, like say you have a class already assigned to it, but now you want it, yeah. now you want it to fly in. Yeah. You just had the fly in class that's already in elegant themes, and yeah. boom, you know, you've kind of created a section fly in instead of a module fly in. Awesome. So, that's you know, very we, helpful. We, we use the same methodology as you do. Um, we have set up all of our stuff that we have a style sheet that's standard and 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 we do we we do that. But speaking of the style sheet versus um, doing them in module, I know Tim is a in module guy. So Gina, since you talked a little bit about the benefits of style sheet, Tim, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the benefits of you know having it? I he put it in the customizer really actually though, not in in the modules. Yeah, but um, before I get to that question for you, Gino, and I guess for you as well, Shannon, since you guys have similar um, process, do you on your standard like CSS, do you load or do you yeah use the the entire standard CSS file, or do you only pick out the pieces that you're going to use on that individual site? Well, we or, load it and then clean it at the end. So I don't know uh, okay. if it does. Yeah. Uh, actually, we yeah we we just load up the ones we're going to use. Um, for us, yeah. So we don't kind of have a standard one. We just uh, pick and pull um, the pieces that we want to use for the project. Gotcha. And it might it might span over. I might have some of these still sitting in a project we just done that I've never fully exported. So it makes it easy for me to just kind of grab the CSS and export the modules, bring them in. CSS, uh, just copy and paste it over. Since we do everything in a sandbox before we deliver it, we have all of our previous work easily. Right. Explained. Yeah, and then second question: Does that prevent the client from going into the controls and messing up the design? Because because it loads the style sheet. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and do you have ever have clients that like will complain like, "Hey, I wanted to change the color here" or something like that, or do, do they know that that's what they I signed have. up for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they know that's what they signed up for. We we. Uh, make that clear when we're building it out. And plus, we kind of figure out, is the customer going to want to get in there and edit it? Or are they saying, no, we're not going to get in there and do nothing with it. We're hiring you guys to do it. If they are, then we make it clear, OK, are you going to want to make changes in the visual editor and this and that? Because if we do, then there's going to be more time put yeah. into it. It's um, a wholly example, different way to build a site based on absolutely. whether they're going to touch it or not. Absolutely. And if a client comes to us and tells us right off the bat, I bought it because the visual editor and we want to be able to manage it, well, then we know we automatically have to uh, work within the confines. Uh, and so if they give us a design that's not going to work within the confines, we make it clear that visual editor won't be able to handle our customizations like we're mm -hmm. dealing with with the client right now. Um, or we come up with a design that is completely within the confines of visual editor and the builder. So that way, there's not anything really to break when they start playing with it, other than ruining the design or changing the design. I should say, sorry. sorry. Other than making it like fully ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Does that answer your questions, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. And so cool. to answer your question, Shannon, um, so my process is, yeah, I would probably say more typical Divi in that I I build using a lot, the majority is done in the built-in controls. So I think I said in the beginning where Divi gets me like 90% there and then whatever can't be done with Divi gets me the additional 10% there with custom CSS. So for example, fonts, 
and um, you know basic button styling and um, yeah menu all that I do in the the customizer and then um, the actual individual modules sorry I'm kind of thinking this through as I'm as I'm saying it I do um, so I do all the basic controls for yeah basically content and then you know padding and margins is done in the, the modules and, and so forth and I think part of the reason why I do it that way and um, maybe for, for client sites I need to get out of this mindset but I always kind of think of how easy it is for the client to be able to go in and customize and, and maybe I shouldn't think that way for clients so much but um, you know, you know, because half my business is doing the, the products and everything. I'm always thinking of how easy it is, how easy is it going to be for the customer who buys the product for them to go in and and you know change things and you know customize it and, and so forth. Um, yeah, absolutely. But but yeah, so I, I typically do things with that in mind. You know, how easy? You know, am I going to lock someone in? But your approach is you want to lock them in because you don't want them screwing things up and and everything, which is which is smart. Um, you're, 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 right, you're right about the products though too. I just want to chime in and say yeah with the products yeah. it's a whole different approach. Yeah. You have to yeah. use the settings and the modules because I, I learned that because my first ones there was a lot of CSS and uh, I've had to take all the color out and all the padding out and use it in the modules or implement it in a customizer where, where we can. So, But yeah you're right. You're right about that approach. With products. Or even if yeah. you're doing it for a client um, and like I've done a theme for a client and I guess it's essentially a child theme, but I've done it for a client where they're then rolling it out to other centers across Australia, which is great. But as it's getting older and older and older, um, like there's new technology and DVs evolved and, you know, I'm getting more and more questions from these other centers saying, oh, we can't change this color and we can't change this whatever. And if I had of, I mean, back in the day, I couldn't have because it was done quite a long time ago. But yeah. if it had been in the customizer, I wouldn't now be getting all these questions from all these other places because they're saying we can't change like what this looks on mobile or whatever because I did stuff in the style sheet. So yeah. I guess that's where you have to be careful thinking about the long term. What are they planning to do with it? Are they going to roll it out? on multiple occasions and have multiple people working on it, then maybe you are better to stick within the confines of the, of the, um, yeah. the customizer controls. Yeah. So um, Tim, could you go back to just talking about the difference we were talking about, Gino talked about the style sheet, just about when you are using CSS inside of the, inside of Divi and putting it in the, the theme customizer versus having a separate style sheet. Some of the, yeah. From that, from that standpoint, and I think most of us are probably who are using Divi are probably doing it there inside of Divi rather than Gino's method. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So yeah, basically for me, it's I do as much as I can with the controls. You know, whether that's the customizer, the, you know, the theme customizer or the the Divi modules um, within the builder, and then what I can't do, I do custom CSS. And so I, yeah, I guess your question, Shannon, is where where do I put that CSS? Right. So. Gino's method is to put it in the the style.css style sheet um, and uh, there's a couple other ways. I typically put it in Divi theme options um, which has the, the custom CSS box and then in addition to that another method is to put it in the individual page settings which is highly not recommended unless you only want that <laughs> styles to show up on just that page which occasionally you know that can be a quick way to do it. Um, if you need something just for a specific page. And then the third way is to put it in the, the custom CSS tab, or I guess now it's not really a tab, it's now part of the advanced tab uh, in the individual module. 
Um, there's the CSS <laughs> oh, box. Oh, yeah, the main, main element and all that. Yeah, which I find it a little bit um, cumbersome just because you can't put whatever styles you want in there. They basically have pre-targeted areas for each module, and then you can add just a quick line of CSS. And I've done that for, yeah. for certain things that I want to keep the CSS contained in the individual module. Usually that's more on the, the product side, though, like exporting layouts or, or whatnot. Um, so yeah, I'd say those are the, the three different places you can put them within Divi if you're not using uh, a style.css um, file is the, the Divi theme options, um, the individual page settings CSS box, and then the module itself. And I do the individual, um, or I'm sorry, I do the, the theme options custom CSS box. Um, and the reason why I do that over a style sheet is it typically it'll or not typically it'll load that last after it loads style sheets and then I also I use Cloudflare and, and WP Engine caching and so a lot of times um, I think it's actually mainly Cloudflare will will cache the the CSS file when I'm developing on a live server and so the theme options typically won't get cached and it, it'll load those last. Um, and so I, that, that's the way I prefer, and that way it's it's within the um, the WordPress admin. Um, so for a client wants to go in and customize that, um, that's fine. And, and Gino's a, a approach is he doesn't, you know, he prefers that the client doesn't touch the the CSS and everything. So that's the benefit of of keeping them out is it's in the file. They have to FTP um, and do it in order to be able to, to mess things up. Does that answer your question, Shannon? Yes, absolutely. So Adam, <laughs> do you have, would you like to? Uh, <laughs> what method do you do you prefer? Bestow some knowledge upon us, Adam. Well, it really depends on um, what the project is. If the customer's going to touch it, I try to put it all in the CSS box. If not, I put it wherever my heart desires. <laughs> Whatever the hell I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a CSS <laughs> Um, I actually, I'm, I do a lot like Tim does. Um, I, I do whatever Divi covers, and then the rest I just hit my CSS. It's kind of like building with Legos. I love doing it, you know? Move your head off, Adam. We're losing you. Yeah, lose your head. I'm listening to you. I'm kind of my head to see you. There we go. I'm sorry. I love that analogy, though, Legos. It's like building with Legos. Yeah, yeah it, it absolutely is. I mean, I think yeah. that you could, you know, you can have a very nicely done site without, um, I, I've seen plenty. Um, in, in fact, uh, I was talking to, to David earlier and he was mentioning that, you know, um, on, you know, Aspen Grove's Demo Zone, they have the uh, elegant themes layouts that most of them don't have um, any CSS in them. So um, you can do 90% of, I think it just comes down to your style of development and and also, I mean, some of its skill set. Um, a page builder, yeah. a page builder is is going to appeal to. Obviously, you guys are building, you know, Gio and Leslie and Sarah, and you guys are all building really custom sites. A lot of people are who are probably listening are, you know, build one or two sites for themselves. Hey, my so. sites are custom. Oh, Tim, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, Tim's garbage. Mine just default Divi just with, you know, I changed the fonts a little bit. I'm sorry, I was not I know, I'm just giving our time. You, you, you keep using that homepage uh, home corporate. Home page corporate. I think I saw the logo on the site. I don't know. Um, so, but, but 
I think it just depends on your 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 level. I think I think it's really important to point out that Divi doesn't require you know CSS if you're not if you if you are not at a point where you feel comfortable using it. And um, I personally, you know. Um, can do can make it work, but it's not my favorite thing to do. So I like to build to a point where I can hand it off and say, okay, now you do this stuff. And I think that that uh, you know Tim is right that there's 90% of what most people want to do can be be handled within the within the customizer. Um, but then you have that 10% that is um, you know beyond that. So if you are if you are somebody who's just looking at starting with CSS, I think one of the things that I'd like to know is how did you guys even learn? Um, was it school? Was it uh, you know online or just getting in there, digging around? Um, just I would like to hear some tips for you guys for them to get started um, if they're new, getting started with CSS inside of Divi. Um, Gino, you want to start? Sure. Um, my start basically was kind of like we didn't have the Facebook group, so I was always asking questions in the support forum. Now um, it, it takes a little bit longer to get feedback from the support forum, and they don't necessarily go as in-depth to do something outside of the box like they used to because they're so busy. But you do the same thing in the Facebook groups. You just ask for simple changes, um, get creative and say, hey, you know, would I be able to do this or could I make it look like this? Ask questions in there and when people shoot you back CSS snippets, um, just try to figure out what it's doing. Play with it a little bit, adjust it, move the padding. Um, that's how I got started. Just started after so many times going over and over again, it began to make sense. Uh, padding does this, margin does this, you know, and I just began to memorize it over time. Um, the tutorials I do are kind of, I try to design them on kudos.co so that I'm kind of trying to explain what it's doing and I try to keep it in real layman's simple terms. So um, not all of them have descriptions, but some of them I'll try to kind of go out of the way and say, you know, these will affect this so you can use this to adjust this and change this to adjust that when I can. But yeah, try, try to understand what you're doing rather than just copy and paste it. For me, yeah. the, the big, yeah. oh, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, the uh, the big turning point with like my early days of, of learning web design development was discovering the, um, the, the web inspector, uh, the developer tools of, of oh. Chrome. Um, or actually, I think I was using Firefox at first, but um, they're, they're similar. I, I, I use Chrome now, but that was, that was like, like well, that's a, you're you're in a different ball game now. If as yeah. long as you can, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's so empowering if you just yeah. learn and inspect. Yeah, yeah. Like when I when I discovered that, it was almost like I found some like secret. I was like, do most people know that this exists? <laughs> like I felt like I was like cheating. I so for those who have never used uh, the inspect tool in Chrome or Firefox, Safari has one too, but it's junk. Um, you basically, you, you right click on a part of the page and click the inspect element, and then you'll be able to see the HTML of the page, you'll be able to see the, the styling that's associated with that, that element of the page, and you can go in and you can start changing the CSS, changing the colors, and then you can just copy and paste that into Divi theme options or style.css. Um, and then what I also love about it is the autocomplete. So you can start typing something, typing a, um, a declaration, and then it'll autocomplete all the different things that match up what you're, you're typing. And so you can, that's really how I learned is uh, 
you know, oh, what was that? You know, what's what's the thing for changing, you know, the height of the lines? Oh, line height, you know, and, and it's kind of like learning trial by error. So, um, and then apart from that, uh, I think W3 schools was a, a big one for me in the early days, um, learning CSS. Um, and not really because I chose to go there, but it was always like my Google searches always ended up on W3 schools. Yeah, me too. I used to love that site. Uh, so um, I went a slightly different avenue and I did uh, lynda.com, which, um, so that's where I learned all of my web skills pretty much. And in the beginning, um, I got like a three month subscription as a birthday present from my parents and I just went through a whole bunch of courses. And so I did HTML and CSS. And so the CSS course was fabulous and lynda.com is not the cheapest option around. There's Udemy, there's all sorts of other cheaper options now, but for me getting started, like it really wrapped my head around. So they have like a basic CSS course where they explain all of what it does and then they give you practice things. So you have to like try out different um, things to see if you can make them um, change things. And then they've got like a more advanced CSS course. So you can slowly understand what all of the different things will do within it. And that's really useful. So, um, Oh, and someone else is just saying that Michelle has a CSS course as well. So there's a bunch of courses around, and I guess that one would be more, that's Michelle Noonan, um, that would be more targeted at Divi specifically, I would imagine. Um, but there's definitely courses around, and the inspect element is really great, but if you're looking at it and then you don't have a clue what you're looking at, then sometimes you do need to take that step a little bit further back, whether it's going to um, the CSS school website, whatever that one is, um, or whether it's doing an official course through Udemy or through Michelle or through lynda.com or through whatever it is, just to actually wrap your head around the basics. Because I think once you get the basics, then you can play and you can get involved with the, um, the inspect tool. There's another um, uh, add-on for Chrome called Stylebot, which is really good when you're just learning. And what Stylebot does is you install it and then when you activate it, you can kind of hover over elements and then you click on the element and it makes it like green around it. And then you can, it kind of gives you like a front end version. So you can say like text size and you make it bigger or whatever. And then you go into the back and it gives you the actual CSS. And so then you can start to play with that CSS. If you don't know what the terms are called, then that's a good way to kind of ease yourself into understanding. Like in Australia, for example, we spell colour, C-O-L-O-U-R. And so there's things <laughs> like, yeah, I know, right? So there's things like that where I can't change text of colour unless I spell it C-O-L-O-R. There's no way to change it. So you have to learn like what is the language that the computer speaks. And if you don't, if you slightly make it a different well, I never language, thought about it's that. not going to understand you. Yeah, HTML and CSS is in American English. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I actually learned, um, I don't even know if it's still around, um, CSS Hero um, was, was oh, yeah, what I used. Okay, so yeah. I have one. Oh, my God. That's well, funny. I used Sorry. it when I switched. I, I used the G word, Genesis, for so long. Um, when, I came <laughs> to, when, I, when I switched to Divi a few years ago, you know, just learning, it was just, it was totally different. So it, it just helped me identify, you know, what the module, what the classes were and everything. And it just was, made it really, really easy. And um, it was, I had a basic, well, more than a basic understanding, enough knowledge that I just needed to, without having to sit and go through. But you can in the modules, correct me if I'm wrong, I know you used to be able to, you can go into the module and you put your mouse in and it'll tell you what the selector is for that module, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Okay. Orange. Yeah, because I'm hidden gem that a lot of people aren't aware of. Yeah, that I learned that after using paying for CSS Hero and then realizing that it's built right in the Divi that all you have to do is <laughs> stick your mouse in there. So, so you can learn, you know, what the, you know, what they are right inside of, of Divi. Somebody asked, um, a viewer asked the question, um, does, and, and I think Tim already addressed this, so I'll just kind of uh, regurgitate what Tim said about using the the module customizers for your CSS. Um, it can be done. It is one of the three options that Tim discussed. One of the downsides is, is that you have to style every single module individually. And if you want to change something, you have to go back. So it absolutely could be done if you have something that's totally unique that you want to have in one module. Um, it is the way to do it. So but, I think uh, I think Pablo's referring to the options in the customizer. Um, what's oh, really like surprising to me oh, is yeah. that yeah, there the one are, under that that I never see there or that I never use. Oh, okay. Yeah. Customizer that are Divi yeah. specific that, yeah, I don't use it either. I don't use any, they have the module one and they have the oh, mobile yeah. one. Yeah. And Blurbs, a yeah. sidebar. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I don't use those ones either. It tends to, um, yeah. I mean, I guess if the you had clients who would. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I guess you had clients who were going to add modules from the actual like add module section. Like if you had clients who were really kind of intuitive and wanted to do it, but I just tend to save modules once I've styled them and then I teach them to yeah. use the add from saved. So, I, but I guess it's the same thing. Like you could customize it before you even start using the modules they're, and then they're they very limited add the in, in controls. I mean, they're not, yeah. I mean, there's like two little options per module. They're not yeah. like super, yeah. the one I find that, that I would use more if I remembered about it was to not, to have the images not be left to right automatically. I like to turn that yeah. off. Um, I remember too. Um, but yeah, I always forget that's there. I didn't Nick, know if you're listening, that, that always annoys me too. Yeah, yes. please stop. Yeah. <laughs> Can we stop with the movement? Uh, it should be well, off by default. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, oops, um, play a little bit of devil's advocate because you know it's been mentioned a couple times how Divi is meant for no coding at all, and you can do this great site with zero code. Um, <laughs> I, I guess it's, you know, everybody's opinion of what a great site is, obviously that can vary. Um, but you know, if, if, if you go and you're like, okay, you're like on a, a wars, like a www.wards.com um, site and you're like, oh my God, can I do that with Divi? Probably yes, but not out of the box. Like I, I can't imagine any kind of those sites that you'd be able to not have to use CSS or even jQuery or something. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of want to talk about this topic because I see over the, the years and, and being in the Divi Facebook groups, a lot of newbies come in and they're like, okay, well, I bought this. I did not, it said no coding. And now y'all are telling me the yeah. fixes I need are to go into the style sheet. What the fuck is that? Sorry. Um, <laughs> there's seven um, seconds away here. I <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm kind of. I, you know, if I had somebody come to me and be like, hey, I want this awesome site, I want to do it myself, would you recommend Divi? I don't know that I always would. Um, yeah. I, I don't think you can get some crazy full-featured thing without extra code. So I, I'm not going to say it's deceitful or, or anything like that. A again, everybody's idea of what's really awesome is going to be different. Um, but, you know, I, I think... I don't know. I've just seen too many times. I, I feel bad for some people who are like, I really did I not want to learn code. That. 
And, and I think basically if you're someone who's coming, you want to make this super awesome site and you want to use Divi, then buy a child theme. Like I think that's where child themes yeah. come in, where they've already got the custom yeah. code built in. You're just True. buying the design that you, or like a page layout or whatever, but you're just buying something that looks the way you want it to look and then you just change your content and your images and your whatever. If you don't want to learn code, that's completely fine, but I wouldn't start with Divi out of the box on your right. own to try and create something. I think really, like Adam said, Divi is like Lego and Lego works far better with instructions or it works far better when you buy the pack that's already like with the right pieces or whatever. And it works far like, better when you have an awesome imagination. That's true absolutely. of this too. So, yeah. 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 So, you can't like, visualize it creatively. You know, it might be harder for somebody who doesn't have that kind of design that's eye exactly or whatever. What I was say. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be, I'm going to play like, I'm going to play devil, devil's advocate to your devil's advocate because, <laughs> because by trade, I'm an accountant, you know, who 10 years ago stumbled into this and I am very different brain than most of you guys are. And I have used lots of themes. And if I was going to pick one, um, like I said, I use Genesis. If I was going to pick one, Divi would be one of the ones that I would say are one of the easier if you're going to, because there's a lot of people who are determined to do it themselves. So with yeah. that being said, I want to mention that I think that the third party market has done an awesome job bridging the gap with some of the things that um, people want to do that it's yeah. just not possible. So, I mean, I'll, I'll hard plug some people here. You know, I personally, um, I had a site that I'm, that I'm working on and um, my, my customer wanted some functionality. Um, I basically, I've used Divi staff. It's, a, it's now a pet um, gallery, um, <laughs> pet testimonials, but, and not because I Divi couldn't pets. do it. Divi pets. It's yeah. not because I couldn't do it. It was just because I could spend, I don't know, what was it, you know, 20 bucks and I, I didn't have to spend five hours doing it or, yeah. you know, there's, yeah. there's Divi overlays to do and I mean, image intent. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, that the, the third party market is kind of, yeah, taking away some of that, you know, in addition to child themes that there are, um, yeah. there are options out there for people who, who may want features. And, and I think that's, I think it is awesome that um, elegant themes and compared to some other, um, I will not name their names. Um, <laughs> name them, name them. No, they're not trying to squash that third-party market, and they're encouraging it because oh, yeah. there's yeah. some other things yeah. out there that, when a plugin hits the market, I mean, in a matter of weeks, they they they've sucked it up and they've been they include it in yep. core. And so, yep. um, so with that part, you know, I mean, I 100% agree with what Leslie said. You know, thinking that you know, um, I, I'm not if I can paint a picture, but I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not Michelangelo. I'm not going to do something beautiful. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sculpt something scary looking, but I can sculpt. But, so. and, and on the other hand, though, what is good? There are people who are like, okay, I never wanted to do this. I never wanted to code, but as it turns out, I kind of like it. I kind of want to yeah. learn more. Um, and I, you yeah. know, we see a lot of people now who are like, you know what? I'm going to take a class. I'm going to buy a course. I do. This is, you know, I it's, it's gotten me interested, and that's awesome. Um, yeah. You know, to find something that you didn't know that you you kind of you know you want to learn and you it's it's a creative outlet too. Um, so you know, there's always those people too, and that's awesome. With yeah. well, not and the plug anyone, but sorry, go ahead, Adam. Oh, sorry. Oh, one on one divvy training by AdamInlay.com. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. 
Um, well, the other thing, of course, we didn't mention was all of Gino's and other people's tutorials. Like there are so many tutorials out there. And if you're trying to work out how to do something and you feel like it's probably a bit beyond what you can do in the customizer, then literally Googling Divi and then whatever you're trying to do, like yeah. you usually have like different tutorials, whether they come from um, Elegant Themes themselves or whether they come from some, some of these other guys. Obviously, I would always start with the people that I know. Like if I see one come up from one of you guys or from someone else that's pretty reputable in the community, I would start with theirs. But if you don't know how to do anything, just having a play with some of these tutorials, just following it, even if you don't understand it, giving it a crack, that that's a good way to kind of get going so there yeah. are always always google stuff like even before you're going to put it on the facebook groups it's yes, amazing how many yes. tutorials are out there google it yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of what i've come to learn is you know divi advertises no code and, and like you said you know certain websites on like awards.com you can't build without in divi without doing a ton of custom code but there's a lot of sites that you can build with custom code i think where a lot of people get hung up on is you still have to know how to design. You know, Divi does a lot yeah. of the, like yeah. the development side, you know, with the page builder, but it doesn't design it for you. And, you yeah. know, some people don't realize that designing a site is really hard and it's hard for it to look good, even though you have all those built-in controls and the page builder and so forth. And then that's where I think, yeah, the child themes, like you said, Sarah, are perfect for that because not only do you have, not have to code, but now you don't have to design either. You just have to pop in your content and you're good to go. I would also say that some of the layouts that are out there, the free layout kits, are a great example of what could be done within the confines of Divi. I have, personally, I have four uh, multi-page layout kits, so it's not just one page like a lot of them are, where there's actually four pages, each with unique design layout and sections, and not a single bit of CSS was used in them. It's all within the confines of the modules. So you can get pretty creative with what's available, negative margins and, and padding and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it, it is very, again, it goes back to what everybody's saying here. You gotta be creative. You gotta kind of think outside the box if you really want to stand out and look different. Now functionality, that's a whole new thing, and that's where the plugins and, and whatnot goes. But as far as design and how it looks, you can do some pretty neat things um, that haven't been done yet still to this day. Yeah, well, one of the perfect examples, you know, you mentioned something about being creative. Um, that's how a lot of my tutorials got born was because I was like, okay, well, I want this, but I don't know how to do it, but maybe I can use ETs this module and manipulate it a perfect example would be like when people use the slider for a testimonial or something okay i don't yeah. know how to code that type of sliding action but i can use this module and make it do what i want for something else you know so that's that's another good thing like if you don't know how to code or maybe only know css or html which is kind of the more front end front end languages and then the, the PHP and all that's kind of more considered the back-end languages. Um, but it, even if, you, if that's all you know, like like with me, like I don't, I don't, I haven't really, I'm supposed to, I bought all these courses and I haven't had a chance to <laughs> barely do anything. <laughs> but um, I will, I will. But, um, but like right now, you know, I'm pretty confined to HTML and CSS. Um, and, uh, but I get by because I have to think outside the box and, you know, use Bloom to put a pop-up here for something else, you know, to put like a, a sale, you know, sale thing or something. Yeah, exactly. Or did you over there? 
<laughs> but, but you know, it, a, a little creativity goes a long way. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I'm guessing we're going to get towards the end pretty soon, but one thing I do want to bring up is people often say, oh, I did this CSS and it's not showing up on my site. Um, and so I just want to quickly bring up the idea of caching, which um, Tim briefly mentioned earlier, but just if you, particularly if you're going to put it in your actual style sheet, one thing to note about the style sheet itself living in the back end, it's, it's one of the first things that gets cached. So often if you put something in there and you have any sort of caching, so there is like a whole bunch of different sort of caching. There is caching in your own personal computer. So to get around the the caching in your own personal computer. There's um, like Cache Killer is an add-on for Chrome. There's a bunch of other ones. So make sure that you've got that turned on so you're not accidentally caching it yourself. Um, then you've also got, um, you might be running something like, I think WordFence runs some caching as well. Um, you might be running something like WP Rocket or WP Supercache or whatever, one of those ones. Then you might have caching going through something like Cloudflare. So if you're working on a live site and it is already going through Cloudflare, you can put it on um, development mode for four hours so that it doesn't cache it for four hours. Um, otherwise, you need to clear the cache every time you do a change. And then, of course, you've got your hosting cache. So if your host has a cache as well. So you might have like six levels of caching that you're dealing with. And that's fine if you're just in development because you probably have all those things turned off. But once it's actually live, you might try these things and then it doesn't work. Don't freak out. Like it might still work. Sometimes the easy way around, like Tim said, is chuck it in the um, Divi theme options, or I think they have it in the customizer bar now as well down the bottom. Um, so you can chuck it there, and sometimes that's an easy way around it. Often people like chuck the important tag in, which again is probably something we should bring up, that sometimes there are levels of CSS and you have to use the important tag because you can't get around it. But before you run to the important tag, just make sure you've checked all those levels of caching. That's all. Feel free yeah, and, Absolutely. Because you can do it so easily with Divi, if, if, if you really don't want to use an important, sometimes just adding a class to where you're trying to get to may just make specificity. Yeah. My specificity um, is, <laughs> is important. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. And I, I, do, I used to do this purely in the inspector. Now that I use a visual builder a lot, I'll do it in there. Uh, when you have the Visual Builder enabled, you can open up the custom CSS box and put some custom CSS in there, and you'll see it happen in real time. And if it's not working, then you know, hey, I need to check something. You know, do I have a closing tag or you know, whatever. And then if it works in there, but it's not working on your page once you save it, then yeah, it could definitely be yeah. a, a cache issue. At least narrow down the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention. I, I talk a lot about how I. I use the um, a lot of the built-in settings and controls to get me, you know, ninety percent there. If you're someone that's wanting to continue building websites and so forth, I highly recommend learning CSS um, because even if you're doing Divi for the majority of it, just really understanding what Divi's doing in the background and, and how it all works and kind of the hierarchy and um, is really going to help you in the long run. Um, and so, and then, yeah, getting that last 10% to, you know, really customize it beyond what Divi can do in the controls is obviously going to help you as well. And I, I want to say there's a lot of good free resources out there. Um, try to, I, I, I think money is a big hang up for a lot of people and I totally get it, but there are good reputable free resources, W3 being one of them. Um, you know, because sometimes I see people ask for help, and I'll be like, okay, well, put what, what are you putting in there? And they'll give me the CSS, like, where did you get that? Like, if it has nothing to do with what you're trying to do, you're probably hurting your site more than what you're, you know, 
sometimes you can leave stuff in there it has nothing to do with it. Um, so I, I don't know. Try to find something that's that you know is good. Don't just you know like I'm just gonna grab that and try it. Um, I mean I know we all do it, but try to get in the habit of it using reputable <laughs> sources. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we um, had a lot of good information tonight. And um, thank you so much for allowing me to guest host in uh, David's uh, absence. And, good. Um, you made good it. Job. You did great. <laughs> yeah, we're going to ask you to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, uh, I, Leslie, do we know what the topic oh, is? Oh, contact forms. Uh, contact, contact forms, forms. Yeah. okay so next week will be episode 31 yeah. and same time same place kids and uh thank you everybody does anybody have any closing thoughts for tonight oh we're supposed to do parting thoughts yes, that's what i just asked so i said does anybody why have my yelling <laughs> um, let's talk about and everybody have any closing thoughts that they would like to uh okay i'll, I'll start since i introduced myself first um so my closing thoughts is, I kind of already said this, but just to reemphasize it, um, whether you're doing built-in controls or style sheets, learn, learn CSS properly and then um, learn CSS in a way that's uh, familiar or I guess appeases your learning style. Like uh, Sarah mentioned, you know, she, she did the courses and that was perfect for her. For me, I, I can't do courses. I just get ADD. I'm more of like, a, I have to figure it out the hard way. That's just the way I learned. So uh, when you're going to learn CSS, find the way that that suits your learning style best. Sarah? Uh, my parting thought is challenge yourself. So whatever point that you're at right now, like give yourself just a little bit of a push to try something new. So if you've never tried the inspector panel, maybe go and Google a tutorial on understanding. Like there's heaps of YouTube videos, for example, on how to understand the inspector panel. Or if you've always done your CSS in like within the modules, like have a go at challenging yourself to put it in the, um, the theme options section. Um, or if you've only ever done it there, maybe try like the style sheet. So just like push yourself just a little bit more to try something new, just purely, even if you don't end up using that ongoing, just so that you understand it that little bit further. Um, because looking back at some of my sites right at the beginning, I kind of think, wow, I can't believe I did it that way. Like, ah. <laughs> um, and I love that I can see that progress and I'm glad that I continued to push myself to not just do it the way I started. Leslie? Um, ooh, um, I guess, okay, my part of thought will be um, to dedicate a little bit of time to set up at least one test install. Um, I know a lot of people do this, they'll wait till they get a client and then experiment and try to learn on that client's dime. Um, it's always going to happen, I guess. Um, but in your spare time, when you're not being paid, try to teach yourself and on a, on a regular, uh, uh, you know, a, a demo install or whatever. Um, and try to learn there and not, you know, just give yourself more homework um, and not just do it um, on winging it all the time. I, probably a lot of people have to do it sometimes, but not all the time. Um, but yeah, just, you know, dedicate a little more homework time for yourself. Gino? Cool, yeah. Um, I just, I'll share once something Robbie Lawrence just posted in the chat. He said, I learned from Dev Tips, YouTube channel, and lots and lots and lots of trial and error. Um, which is kind of pretty much how I learned too. Same. Don't be afraid to break things. 
um, and if you're trying new yeah. things, on the break them. Break them. Yeah, break away. Uh, <laughs> and contact ET support right away. Um, but go ahead and get break the white them. screen of death. <laughs> <laughs> I used to tell myself that for every time I spent more time on a client site than I estimated, um, because I wanted to try and learn new things, that was like putting money towards a class or a course. So think of it that way. Instead of investing 500 bucks on the course, you're, you spend eight hours more than you planned on on a client site. And think of it as you just invested in learning how to do that. So um, don't be afraid to spend more time on a new client site than you estimated if you're going to learn something from it and not charge the yeah. client. So break things and then save money because my next course is going to be all about advancing <laughs> Uh, save your money for that shameless plug it's coming soon Adam what do you have for us well with me I spend 50% of my time working on actual work and 50% of the time researching playing and trying to figure out what to do with CSS JavaScript whatever and um, you know it's don't get into it if you don't enjoy it um, and also, That's I'm sorry. One. Make sure you love it. Yeah, if it's a one-time thing, um, follow, go to like Divi Soup or Gino's site or, and get the quick tutorial. If not, if you're going to do it several times, then actually learn how to do it. That's <laughs> my little bit of... <laughs> Well, I'll, or come I'll, to <laughs> try not sorry. to screw people over. <laughs> so exactly, I will. I will end with um, my own little shameless plug. So uh, uh, Tim mentioned pushing Divi uh, to that ninety percent and then filling that gap with that ten percent. So um, if you pop on over to uh, Aspen Grove Studios, the demo zone there, you can check out how all of the the ET demos are built. And you know, spend some time in the back end there learning to push that 90%. And then when you're ready, you can jump into Gino's course. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and the demo zone is free, isn't it? Yes, the demo zone is free. Yeah. So um, it's an I awesome. Paid five course. Bucks. You pay well if you'd like to pay, you can send it to Shat. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that was for my friend David, who is who is not here tonight. So thank you guys. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, thank you to the panel, and we will uh, see you next week. Bye. Cheers. Bye.